It's funny too, because I remember, the way I remember that day at the Space Needle, I was like, first of all, completely, I had no doubt at all, and was not like trying to confirm it. I was like really interested in hearing like why it would, they did it and like how they did it. And he was like, what? No, they yes, they did. Yes, they did. This I is, mean, to be fair, uh, they clear, like seemingly they clearly did. They clearly did. But like, it, it's like, it didn't maybe happen the way you remember it. What was I remembering then? I don't know. I remember the top of the space needle being on fire. I was young. I don't know how young. Do you remember Brian Williams? Like he remembered being like shot at at a a, (laughs) a, a helicopter. That's kind of what. Yeah, but there was shooting going on someplace. Right. This was one flame on the top of the space needle. Look, I I can't explain your your dementia related medical ailments. This stems from a twenty. What did you just say? I'm not the one who was rooting for the Eagles. Uh, This stems from a 20-year fight that I thought I had finally settled on today's podcast. Plays a very minor role, but it is huge to me. Um, You'll hear that. Plus, uh, there's a lot of things going on in Washington now that I think we should pay attention to. Uh, War seems to be, uh, the drumbeats of war seem to be growing louder and louder. We're in a Cold War now. With China and Russia, not a good thing. We talk about the presidential candidates and who will be the best uh, candidate that can convince people they can take care of the economy and a foreign war. And I, I think, I mean, we said it at the same time, clearly, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, <laughs> but he's busy not being busy in Ohio, and we cover that as well, all on today's podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast if you would. Of course, this one, and as well as Stu Does America, new episode coming back uh, tonight. Yeah, uh, from that podcast, you can check it out. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars, and you can subscribe at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Stu and I were just talking about what's going on with this buildup to war. And I, I warn you, I, I am not satisfied on the Nord Stream pipeline thing yet. I, 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 would like, I, I, I would like an investigation on that. And it, it, it won't happen because if we did indeed do it, that's World War III. I mean, if, if Russia did that to us, wouldn't that be something we would declare war on? Now, I have to tell you, uh, for me, it's not fighting a war over. If, if our administration did this, that's impeachable. That is treason. You don't do this. You don't go around Congress and do something like this. And I hope to God we didn't. But, you know, we, we all look at it. Well, Putin's not crazy enough. Were we crazy enough to do what we just did? Because if, if we are crazy enough to blow up the Nord Stream pipeline, that is an act of war. And to do it without anyone even in Congress knowing about it, I, I, got, I got news for you. He's crazy enough to detonate a nuke. Again, you're, you're calling for an investigation to find out if this was done by yeah, us yeah, or yeah. who it was done by. Well, name the countries that could do it, Stu. Well, everyone pointed to Russia initially, which never really made sense to me. Doesn't make sense to me. uh, China could do it, but China, I mean, that doesn't make sense. They'd be on the other side of of Russia, and they're cozying up to Russia. Right, they don't want to do that. No. 
Uh, you have France. France does not have the spine. And if their people found out and while they were freezing to death, they were the ones that, I mean, that would just be horrible. Uh, England has the capability, but England has the same story as France. And England's not going to do it. I mean, why would England do no. it? I mean, even if they did do it, it's it's basically our ally doing it anyway, and they would right. have to ask us. Right. I mean, they probably they don't have to ask us, of course, right. as a sovereign nation. Because I doubt we asked any of them. Right. And but they would probably consult with us on something like that. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, the only thing that if you want to stretch a little bit, the only thing that kind of potentially could make sense from the Russia standpoint is perhaps a faction of the Russian military that believes Putin is too soft. Now this is this does this faction definitely exists, right? They they're they're saying, wait a minute, the United States is supplying arms to these guys. They are our enemy. We're already at war. Admit it. And they also were the the people who were saying, you know, we are too tied economically to these other countries and we can't do the right thing in Ukraine by going after them because of uh, these pipelines and and we're worried about Europe and and how they're going to react because that we have these ties to them for gas and all of this. And that was going on before this war. So, I mean, in theory, could a, a, a faction of the military or some part of their military in, intelligence complex think, yeah, so then, we need to end this so there's no more ties here and we can fight this like why, you know, we're supposed to? Why wouldn't, Maybe? Why wouldn't the investigate? I mean, it's, it's interesting to me that uh, all the investigators from the West, they've all been like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we should just forget about it now. I mean, we've been down there. We looked at it. We should just forget about it now. <laughs> no, I'd- I mean, if it was a it was a, a Russians and there was any evidence at all, they would have said that. If there's any evidence at all, they wouldn't say it was us. Yeah, they say. I mean, they do seem to point to Russia, but they don't provide any real reason, yeah. and they don't provide that sort of you know. Because there's not a real reason. Why would Russia want to do that? Like, if their, if their plan was uh, to uh, just go to war with Europe, right, they would could just go to war with Europe, right? Like, the, there's no reason to, to break off the no. income in the middle of, of at the worst part of, no. of a financial crisis caused no. by this war, right? Like, the last thing they're going to want to do is cut off their short-term access to uh, to the gas business now i guess this uh, was the second secondary pipeline so it was the one that wasn't really operational yet but yeah. still why close that door it doesn't make any sense you know it's it's a bizarre it's a bizarre theory why would russia blow up their own access to a bunch of money like doesn't <laughs> i mean have we looked at the rebel alliance because, like you mm. said, it wasn't fully operational <laughs> yet. So they, they, they tend to do it right before it comes mm. online. Um, it is Valentine's Day, which I absolutely hate. <laughs> I hate it. Why? I, I you just, have some plans tonight? I mean, I think you yes, some. we do have plans. Nice. But I hate it. So hate are you, it. is this going to be the discussion while you're out? Shut up. A little bit of a, hey, not happy I'm here. Not my, happy my, to see you. My my wife gave me a card today. It was so sweet. And uh, I get up in the morning and it's sitting by my sink. And hers is not sitting by the sink. It's uh, I, I put it at the store. But anyway. Oh, that's nice. Uh, so I wish you could I, do something today and go out and get it. 
Uh, well, I'm going to pick it up. Oh, you're going to pick it up? I thought I might pick it up. Oh, you I should give her the opportunity yeah. to pick it up. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you know? you're right. Good idea. It's a surprise. <laughs> Go in and see which one you think I left there for you. Uh, they'll charge you if you got the wrong one. So mm. anyway, um, uh, just a quick, you know, uh, Valentine's tip here. This comes from a Harvard trained psychologist that works with couples. And they they wanted to show that these are some of the phrases that might show that your marriage or relationship is in trouble. Okay. Mm-hmm. So remember, this is Harvard. Okay. Okay. Well, so, right, so I mean, we're we're looking. I mean, we're going to go deep here. Yeah, I want to. Okay. I want to know what are the. All right. Uh, the first phrase that if you notice any of these phrases coming from you or your partner, your relationship may be in trouble. Mm. Uh, the first phrase uh, that apparently you don't want to say is "You don't deserve me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Well, they said Crap. it could uh, could also that was actually written on the Valentine's Day card I got for my wife. Yeah, well, that's weird because the mm. one I picked out said "You're lucky that I even put up with you," <laughs> which is you know still the same phrase they wanted you to know. If you hear mm. any of those, you might be in trouble. Mm. Um, uh, this one uh, number two is. Uh, Stop asking if I'm okay, all right? Everything's fine when it isn't, hmm. when you hear that. Now, now, what would be the issue there? I can't think of anything. Uh, they say that's just passive aggressive, hmm. uh, and uh, then, they, you know, then they don't feel open to, you know, to, to share, oh, okay? And okay. Uh, wow. they can't resolve the conflict. Although, I will tell you, there's a caveat on this. Stop asking if I'm okay, everything is fine. Sometimes guys really just don't know. We have no idea if you're fine or not. We just know you've stopped talking to us or you're just going to give us a cold shoulder or just a look. Sometimes that look means nothing. Sometimes that look means like you've really done something now and I'm so angry. I want you to apologize. And then we're like, I don't know what I did. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, hey, sup? And then they give you the look, you know, like, okay, all right. So now I know I've done something scanning, scanning, scanning. I don't know. I have no idea what it is. Honey, is something wrong? Can I, I mean, did I? No, nothing is wrong. Okay. All right. So I'm not sure if that is necessarily uh, the same. And you said sometimes guys don't know. What was the... Can you explain? Yeah, there's. I should take out the caveat. The sometimes guys don't know. not guys we have just no don't know. No. We have no idea. So if you're if someone's asking, usually that's probably a good sign that they actually care enough to ask. Yeah, at least you're over yeah. that hump. Are you okay? Please don't chop our heads off. We have no idea. No, yeah, we're we really have no dumb. idea. Really dumb. Okay, uh, number three is if if you say this to your spouse, your marriage may be in trouble or okay. your relationship. You're pathetic. Okay. Now, this is what from a Harvard is study. Okay. If their name is actually pathetic, then I don't know. To be an I don't know. But they say this is name calling and it simplifies. That's what I'm saying. Name calling. Yeah. Right. right. I'm saying if it's her name. Right. Her name well, is pathetic. God given name. Right. Okay. Um, this one, t- this one, again, it has to come from a PhD. Because you'd never see this one. So far, up. it's pretty advanced uh, analysis. Yeah. Uh, the fourth phrase that you just don't want to say or hear in your relationship is, I hate you. <laughs> Shut up. It's not, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> Number four, I hate you. 
because it, wow, did we pay for the study? We it, had to pay for the study. It overgeneralizes momentary feelings and creates insecurity, even in the good moments, because your partner may think, do they really the love mo- me right now when they said I hate you last week? The good, what good moments are, are you saying good moments? So you have a bad moment where you say, I hate, I hate you. you. And, and then, then the good there's moments, a good moment. You're right. like, I love you. And you're like, you just said you hated me. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You're wait a minute. Your breakdown of the situation is inconsistent. That's, that's <laughs> did, wait. Do you get back to the, I love you thing after the, I hate you thing. I think the, I hate you thing kind of winds it up. Doesn't it? I, I mean, I, I kind of see that as a red flare. Really? Yeah. Okay. She says, I hate you. Did you go to Harvard? Uh, No, I, uh, Yale. Okay. Uh, Five, uh, you're a bad parent. (laughs) You're a bad parent. Who says these things? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You're a bad parent. You're a bad parent. But like these, all, all of the, or at least most of these seem like immediate relationship enders. Like if you say them once. Right. So they say, this is what you're supposed to do for a good relationship. Use I statements, mm-hmm. say thank you, mm-hmm. and take responsibility. So now I'm not, a, I'm not a PhD, but I am a doctor in the humanities. And this is, oh, for the love of all humanity, say these things, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Use I statements, say thank you, take responsibility. Use I statements. Yeah, so, so it would be like, oh, thank you for saying that. Um, I've been looking to take responsibility of my own life, and you've just reminded me, I hate you. Oh, I, you. it's a nice statement. Yeah. I yeah, hate yeah, you. I hate you. That's good. And apparently it'll be fixed. It'll be fixed. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, what's really sad is there are people probably in this audience that are like, wow, don't say I hate you. Or... My wife's been saying she hates me now for years. <laughs> Are we really in trouble? This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Uh, I want to welcome in uh, a, a resident, Caitlin uh, Schwartzwalder. She is the Von Schwartz Doberman kennel owner uh, and has been forced to evacuate. But you were there for the first couple of days. Were you not, Caitlin? Hi, Glenn. Uh, Yes, I was. So um, the derailment occurred on Friday evening, and um, we were there from Friday evening until Sunday evening at 8 p.m. when we were subsequently uh, evacuated. Um, My home and my business um, are both on Taggart Road, which is the road of the derailment. Um, We have 27 acres. And from driveway to derailment is 1.2 miles. And from the edge of the property uh, to the derailment is less than a half a mile. And the railroad tracks actually butt up to the back of the property by 10 feet. Holy cow. So when you had the dogs in the kennel, everything was fine until they set this on fire, right? I wouldn't say fine. Um to be honest with you, uh, the area looks like a war zone. It looks like, I would assume, Ukraine to look like. There's military tankers every half mile. There's police personnel blockading roads. Um, it's, it's beyond anything imaginable. And, and it's so surreal to think that this is our home. 
So you, when you are evacuated, you t- you immediately take all of the the dogs out, but then um, you have horses too, don't you? Correct. So on Sunday evening, uh, with the help of uh, Bearded Brothers Moving Group, which is a is a local moving group in Ohio, they came with their moving trucks. We evacuated thirty dogs between eight p.m. and. 6 a.m. the next morning, um, they were able to transport all of the, the cages and kennels, uh, and I had my own vehicles to, to make multiple trips to transport the dogs. We had them all evacuated to a private residence by the next morning. Um, you know, it's, it's less than an ideal situation, but it's all we have, you know, in this time. You know, the, the home is not fenced. Uh, the dogs do have to live in in cages because... You know, there's there's not an appropriate setup. I mean, what kind of appropriate setup can you make in one evening? Yeah. Um, so we evacuated the dogs uh, between Sunday night and Monday morning. The uh, original time of the controlled detonation was supposed to be 12 in the afternoon on Monday. Uh, at 11 o'clock, we were evacuating horses. I own one horse, and my neighbor has uh, eight other horses across the street. My, my horse is only six months old. She's a baby. Um, and we had to load these horses onto trailers. They were all upset from the noises and the banging and the, you know, just emergency personnel flying up and down the road. Uh, it was, we had, a, we had a terrible time trying to get them loaded onto trailers and evacuated. And believe it or not, our, our local police department, specifically uh, Officer Frederick, he actually came into the horse pastures with us and helped us move the horses out, mm. you know, because all we knew that, you know, the controlled detonation was happening at noon. And, you know, obviously there was a chance of a catastrophic failure prior to that. Um, so we were all just kind of, you know, wishing and hoping for the best and, and trying to get these animals to safety. And, and we did. And the controlled detonation didn't end up happening until I believe about four thirty-eight on yeah. Monday. Uh, and then, Kind of all, all hell broke loose. So tell me, tell me now what happened after the um, explosion? Because they've they've just come out. EPA has come out and said, "Oh, it's it's fine." But there were were there some people that stayed or they left their animals? Um, yeah. So behind. Unfortunately, some people had to leave their animals um, because they didn't have a place to evacuate that was, you know, animal friendly. Um, some people left the animals and unfortunately uh, some of those animals have, have died. Um, you know, there are stories of a woman with chickens. I have spoken with her personally. Anytime there's any kind of animal death, of course, because I'm so close, I, I do a little more digging and I've actually personally spoken to these people who have had herds of chickens die, who've had domestic foxes die. Um, I have a personal friend who's, who's, family member's dog went out into the yard and never came back inside a two-year-old healthy dog. Um, my personal dogs, just from the two days that, that they were there and exposed to just, you know, the fire fumes and, and whatnot, whatever was, you know, in the air prior to the detonation, I had four dogs needing to have emergency veterinarian services because they were projectile vomiting, um, very lethargic. So, you know, I can't even imagine what it would be like for a human or an animal to be there uh, during the controlled detonation or being there now. Um, I, I can't imagine. We've had to go back 
a couple of times for supplies because, you know, I, I had to move an entire business in one evening as well as my own personal thing. And, um, uh, we've had to go back and going back is extremely uncomfortable. It is, you know, there's physical symptoms each and every time we go from, you know, itchy, burning, watery eyes, itchy, burning throat, um, coughing, uh, it was a weird sensation of like your eyes pulsating. It almost felt like your eyes had a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, our skin was so dry uh, that even, you know, your general moisturizers that you put on, you know, after a shower have still not uh, resolved the problem. Um, so I can't imagine being back there now. Uh, our plan is to most likely not go back ever. Um, so we're just trying to fund all these things and trying to, to just figure out where life has to go from here. So what is it like on the ground today? Because there's, I mean, this detonation, you know, happened a week ago Sunday and the EPA is saying, Oh, you can go back in. And some people are, um, but as you said, they're, you know, they're experiencing difficulties. Yeah. So I was there yesterday. Um, I was continuing to grab some more kennels for the dogs to make the situation here a little bit better. And I, you know, we couldn't stand to be there for more than 30 minutes. So I don't, I don't know how people are doing it. What I know is still as of yesterday, it, it, it doesn't look like our normal town of East Palestine in Darlington, Pennsylvania. It looks like hmm. something out of a movie, like the, you know, it's, it's, it's empty. Um, I think the media is not, uh, appropriately displaying the fact that people aren't going back. You know, some people who didn't have the financial means to stay away any longer came back. But I think anybody who had an option did not go back. Jeez. Okay. So, um, they're, they're now worried that all of this stuff is seeping into the water supply. And I know Pennsylvania has just closed down one of the, the plants, but the EPA, um, said they had screened 291 homes near the crash site. It has not detected any levels of uh, vinyl chloride or hydrogen chloride. Um, and they said they still have to screen, but it's, uh, it's safe and they're not uh, finding anything in the water. You believe that? Uh, my, my understanding is that, you know, I have talked with some chemical engineers and environmental services and essentially, it's not supposed to be in the water just yet. From my understanding, um, the vinyl chloride is, is, is like water, and it travels through the ground and the soil like water. Um, so, you know, being, you know, a mile, 1.2 miles away like we are, other locations within a mile, it takes time for this sure. stuff to travel to the ground. We have not had much rain. Um, I think in the last seven days, we've had one day of a little bit of rain. Um, they're saying that right now they're not surprised if it tests okay, but in four, five, six months from now, you know, these levels could be astronomic and, and that is the, that is the concern. That is my concern. That is others concern, not to mention the fact that physically being there is uncomfortable. And yeah, I mean, you have 20, what did you say? 26, 27 acres. This is farm. This is farmland. What are people going to do? I mean, you're not going to be able to sell this land. That's, that's, I I mean, that's kind of why we're in a rock and a hard place right now. You know, I have a 7,500 square foot facility. I have a beautiful home. I have 
other buildings that I've built on the property as well. So I have a great investment into this property that now went from, you know, X amount of dollars to maybe being able to sell it for a fraction of what it's worth. Maybe, I mean, who in the right mind would buy something, um, something on Taggart road right now? I, I couldn't imagine. Um, so, you know, now we're faced with the issue of, um, little to no help from anybody. Um, and we're faced with the issue of having to potentially own two large properties, you know, and, and, you know, funding and, and the ability to own two pieces of land and two buildings and two facilities and pay, you know, two taxes. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be nearly impossible for a small business. So, Caitlin, hold on for one minute, and when I come back, I, I want to ask you what we can do to help. Um, I mean, I know our audience uh, well enough to know, and uh, we just we want to help. You're, we're looking at now, uh, you know, if you want to use that land again, I think you're going to have to. I think you're going to have to dig up and take quite a bit off the topsoil. Um, not an expert in this, obviously, but that's what I'm I'm seeing today. Environmental Protection Agency is like, yeah, don't don't worry. I don't believe them. Um, do you, can I ask you that? Do you believe them, Kaylin? So I can I, I can't comment on that. But what I can comment on is that we were told um, by Norfolk personnel that the the agencies that were coming to our home to test were from independent laboratories. Now, what I can tell you firsthand is that we had a gentleman from CTEC, which is the, you know, so-called independent laboratory. He was sitting in our driveway from the, the night of the derailment. And we had spoken to him, you know, just very informally. And he said that, and I quote, uh, we follow around the railroad when they make mistakes and they are happy to have us here. Um, and when you know, CTEC came to our facility to test our air. They had not offered the services of water at that point in time. Uh, they handed me a contract that essentially said that I needed to hold Norfolk, their affiliates, not limited to, but including CTEC, harmless. Uh, harmless of uh, any future. Uh, you didn't sign it. In terms of, oh, of course not. Yeah, good. Um, but unfortunately, 340 other residents did sign it. And, and that's where my heart just breaks for these people because we don't know the long-term repercussions of what these chemicals can do in our air, to our environments, to our homes, to our businesses. And they've signed their rights away in the hopes that they're getting help and the right answers from these organizations. And what I can tell you firsthand is that CTEC, the affiliate of Norfolk that came to test the air, was followed by the EPA. And what I can tell you is that we said, can the EPA by themselves come into our kennel? We do not sign this paper. And can they test themselves? Because they're a government organization that has the ability, they have the testing equipment with them. And the answer was absolutely not. Why? I can't tell you why. Huh. I just, uh, I, I, I don't huh. know. Um, so what, how could we help you? It sounds like if you could get some independent testing, that might be uh, a help. But how could we yeah, help so I you? Think, I think that's the thing. The thing is, is that people who uh, have have the means to stay away and stay evacuated are are 
wanting this independent testing done. Now, I've reached out to three different independent laboratories, um, and they've actually reached out to me as well. Uh, Core, Atlas, and Acron, I think, if, if I say that correctly. And their services, they want retainers between fifteen and $50,000 to do these independent testings of the land or of the air, soil, and water. Now, they do a whole reconnaissance of the property and the topography, and it, it's a very, you know, intense, um, procedure and protocol. And I mean, I think that the way to help imminently would be to help fund these, you know, landowners and, or people who have stayed evacuated and are demanding these private testings, you know, to, to fund essentially help us fund the, the private testing because many people can't afford 15 to $50,000 up front. Especially, you know, I, I spoke with a gentleman at Core Environmental Services this morning, and I said, you know, these um, uh, these chemical engineers and, and people making intelligent and professional um, uh, consensus are saying that this could be six to eight months to a year from now where we're going to see answers. Okay. So if we're having to pay these kinds of retainers up front and have to pay them again maybe in six months, again in a year, it's just not feasible. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome welcome to the Glenn Beck program. You know, I just want to point out that with every passing day, this job, which used to make some sense, makes no sense whatsoever anymore. Every day we're slowly being boiled, slowly being boiled. And we don't notice things like Stu just said. What are the percentages, though, that, you know, aliens really are <laughs> responsible? This for, is how they do it. Right. right. They'd roll it out. Oh, it's a b- balloon. Yeah. Oh, we found a couple of balloons. <laughs> oh, lots of balloons. This is, yeah, hey, no big deal. Just shot. We're just firing $500,000 missiles at balloons. I think these these balloons are the performers from rihanna that just kind of floated away <laughs> oh no the yeah. poor people who floated yeah, away yeah, yeah yeah i think that's a possible possibility um could i show you uh one thing and then we'll go back to politics here in a second but uh i, I want to show you something that uh people recorded and uh it was recorded by the subaru asai star camera in hawaii and it was Japanese operated telescope, Big Island, and it showed lasers, lasers. Okay, so this is out in the middle of nowhere. There you can see. Okay, see the lasers? Yeah. Okay. They're clearly coming down, right? I would think so, yes. yes they're coming down. Uh, from the sky, but not necessarily though. You don't know for sure. It could be going up. Well, but either way, would it would be very bizarre. Be, yeah, they would all have to be pointed as if they're looking like they're coming because they're 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 sweeping like a like a hand of a clock, like a TikTok. Right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it appears it's coming from the same place up in the sky, or they're all just aimed. But that's quite a distance. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so people took this video and the the telescope people took it and they're like, um, what's that? <laughs> the telescope people said that? <laughs> what what hmm. what exactly uh is that? Now, here is the explanation. Weather balloon. 
No. 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 Okay. They are saying that this is a NASA satellite that has lasers aboard that from time to time measure the Earth's surface. Hmm. Now, I would think that if it was measuring the Earth's surface and it's looking for ice, water features, coral reefs, ocean waves, snow cover, uh, forests, farmland, we would have seen that NASA, that NASA laser before. Right, because it would be right. all over the place. Right. right. It'd be like, oh, they're just upstairs measuring again. Right. Right. They, they might make an announcement in advance. Say, right. by the way, this is the week. We're, <laughs> we're doing gonna, that whole. We're going <laughs> to. We got our laser tools out. Right. Okay. We just we just want to make sure 16 inches is really 16 inches between the studs. We're just going to laser map the earth. Mm. I haven't seen that before. I wanted to bring that up and ask you if you've seen that. I have before. never heard. Never. No. N- never heard of that. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I th- you know, they is it possible that they uh, that it's true? Sure. Oh yeah, but it, sure. But it's it very is. yeah, very odd, and I've never seen anything like that before. That's yeah. incredible. Now, let me ask you: How many times? Well, I was going to say a week, a day. Do you find yourself saying, "No, I've never heard of that before. I never seen anything like that before." Uh, many, many times per day. Like a disturbing yeah. yes. amount of times, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I want the audience to know, because I don't want you to panic, that this is a man who claimed that there were no gas jets on the top of the Space Needle for years, decades even. But. Are you claiming that these lasers were caused by the Space Needle? Is that your case? <laughs> I would not be surprised. No, the Space Needle is actually supposed to look like a spaceship. You know, it was for the 62 World's Fair, so it's like a big spaceship kind of thing up there. And uh, I think that's maybe where the lasers came from. Giant balloons that mm. look like balloons, but they're actually spaceships. So, the wait, the flame would be on the top of the point of I the don't spaceship? Know. I don't even I don't know, okay? Mm. I don't know all the facts about the Space Needle. Oh, go oh ask, we just heard it on record. Ask, Can you pull that uh, audio? Yeah. I don't know all the facts about the Space Needle. <laughs> Interesting admission 20 years later. Oh, man, I will know it now tomorrow. I'll know them all. <laughs> it's like the fact that I've sent you on this. Uh, uh, yeah, 20-year uh, journey. Okay, mm. so... Could we just go back to that list and talk about the things? Do you agree or disagree that it is likely, if not most likely, we will have a change in currency before or near the time of 2024? Wow. Um, You're saying the, the digital dollar. Yeah. They just announced I think it last that's a week. Difference. To me, I, I look at that as different than a change in currency. Like, I think they will say that they will essentially make the case that's an additive, right? Like a wonderful benefit, a new thing you can try, anything you can use. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't, okay. I don't think of that as a change. Okay, in so you think we'll still have the greenback, but we yeah. will. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that there's, it's likely, if not most likely, that we will be in war by 2024? I really do hope that's not the case i think the uh because I, I i haven't not put a percentage on it in my head to me the issue here is if you're at five percent chance of war mm-hmm. with russia 
mm-hmm. you're talking about such a, a terrible outcome catastrophic that it should be your number one priority to make sure that doesn't occur sure um, I, I do don't I think, think it's they're doing fin- that <laughs> no it no. does not seem like they're interested <laughs> seems in that at like all. they might be going the other way but that's just from my perspective no i think your perspective is accurate and i'm a guy who hasn't ever seen the laser measuring of the world right. before that's so just obviously what do i know i'm a shut-in if you're talking about is it over 50 percent? i think i would say no to that i think i would say no that we're at war with russia but I mean, I'm not. I, I the fact that I'm not saying it's zero or point one percent is is very scary okay. to me. Uh, uh, and China, we're we're just at a cold war with China by that yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. talking about active shooting okay. wars, right? Like, I, I would make the argument right now we're we're in in a cold in war a cold with both war. of them. Yeah, okay, honestly. So yeah, absolutely with both of them. Uh, now, real quick, economy doing well. And probably not. Probably not. Yeah, doesn't seem so. To be. Inflation numbers did not look out good today. Of by these the way. people are are able to give people a sense of okay, this guy's an adult. He's going to handle it. This guy is going to handle it. Okay. Um. I mean, I think that would be the case of Nikki Haley, right? I mean, someone who has foreign affairs experience, someone who has uh, you know executive experience as well. But does she have experience like? Like somebody has to have experience with the economy as well. This would be the case, I think. Yeah, and Haley ran a state. I mean, you know, was yeah, a yeah, of state, yeah, so yeah. Pompeo, I think would get would get you to that first one. I think that would be a case he would make that he has that expertise. I think Pence would make that case. Pence has um, both. I mean, again, you, you look at the, every one of these remember? polls. He's still he's the third number three guy in the polls because everybody knows his name. Everybody knows his name. Now, listen, That's a big part of the battle. It's a big part of the battle. But if you want a campaign that has the turnout that looks like a Joe Biden <laughs> COVID campaign, <laughs> you would go with Mike Pence. I just don't weird, see people. I don't know how you navigate it. I mean, no. his case is clearly. Everything you liked about the Trump administration without the January 6th you didn't like. That's essentially <laughs> right. his that's essentially right. his But campaign. I'm not convinced that that Pence was really in the room on, you know, let's just do it. Let's go bold and big. Let's do right. it. No, I think that's true. And I think the things that he would argue are his strong points from the Pence perspective is, hey, like, I'm going to do all this without the tweeting. Right. Like, that's his case. I'm going to do all this without tweeting, without the crazy rallies. It. I don't think I like I don't, I don't think it's going to work, but no, I don't because I think the people who really, really there's a there's a section of people who liked the Trump policies. But, you know, Trump, he was a vessel to get you to a good Supreme Court. Right. Like there's yeah. there's a lot of those people out there. If you're super passionate about Trump, he's already running. You don't need a guy who wasn't Trump to be your Trump. It's only the appeal for for Pence is only like if you really love Trump. But only didn't like the fact that he tweeted a lot. No, and I, I just think don't think that's a huge. Group a, I think there. that's the case for DeSantis. I think DeSantis is more likely to be tough as nails like Trump was yeah. than Pence. And I think, and, I, and he's already got the. Uh, but I don't do the crazy tweets yes. at night. And I think too the DeSantis case is more broad than Pence. I, I, I think it, Pence is so closely tied to Trump. You you have to be in love with the Trump administration. Right. To want Pence. But then also, if you Trump has to, told you he basically hates Mike Pence. Right. So, so what? Where? where's what's the schizo- road? There's what's no a schizophrenic path. Trump supporter yeah. that is like, I really, really love Pence. And I really, really love Donald <laughs> Trump, except for the one thing he said about Pence. That's not it. Does, it's it doesn't There's just no road there work. to me. Um, the, the, the road you might find there, honestly, is Pence 
thinking he wants someone else to be president that's not Donald Trump and thinking if he can pull eight to 10 percent in these early primaries away from Trump, it might help someone like DeSantis or somebody else beat Trump. I can see that being his actual uh, his actual idea if he goes through with this, which is not confirmed yet, by the way. Well, they're very good. I mean, you know, the 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 GOP is absolutely not above doing to Trump what they did to Hillary Clinton. We just cobble everybody together and say, everybody just come out and be for this one person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that possible. could very well happen. Other, way, other names on this list. Obviously, this is uh, essentially Bolton's entire case, which I will take this seriously and I will be the, I will be the guy you, know, you want on national security. You have um, also both, I would say Rubio, Hawley, and Tom Cotton have versions of this argument. You know, both of them, or all three of them have been active in this area. Uh, that's about it. I mean, that's a bunch of people, but I don't think with serious, a serious chance. And obviously I would, I should also mention Donald Trump would be a, a guy who would, who would be, who would say I was able to shut these things down yeah, when Donald I was president Trump, and I had a good record on the economy. I mean, this is going to be central to his argument. Donald Trump only ha- is the only one that has the credibility to say, yep. I did that to the economy after they said the economy could never grow. Mm-hmm. And I did that to the economy and I stopped all those wars. Yeah. He's the only one that has the credibility. However, he's also the only one that has been smeared for, you know, 10 years now and made into a horrible monster. I'm not sure if you can get the swing vote for Donald Trump now just because of what the press has done to him. Yeah, and I think like look, Donald Trump is such he's elevated a thousand levels above celebrity president at this point. He is just an argument in and of himself. His name is an argument. And so like it's I don't think Donald Trump wins or loses the presidency right now based on policy. And I don't like that. I don't like that's where America is, but like I think right now that it's going to come down to him as a brand. Whether you like him or you don't like him. And that's really what is going to be the decision on that. Whether the Republicans say, I want that or not. Let me just end this, uh, this uh, section of the program here with the way we started this section of the program. Have you ever seen this before? <laughs> sure. Chinese, authority, Chinese authorities have uh, now announced that they saw and have spotted a UFO. They were preparing to shoot the object down, but they are urging fishermen in the vicinity just to be safe. So we, so we now have now have the Chinese going. I mean, it was seeing a flying. It could be. I don't know if they're measuring the Earth or what. You ever heard that before? No. Yeah. No. No. I no. Neither did I. Neither did I. <laughs> 